0: It's a well-known fact that good sleep leads to a happier life. Okay, maybe that's not a fact fact, but don't you just feel amazing after a great night's sleep? Like the first night back in your own bed after traveling. It's time to demand more first night back kind of sleep. Stop tossing and turning and talk with your doctor about how you can seize the night and day. And visit
1: seize com to learn more.
0: Do you know the risk factors for type 2 diabetes? or what makes it more likely you or someone in your life might have the disease? With type two diabetes playing a growing role in the lives of so many, you need to know. And Project Power, a community program from the American Diabetes Association is here to help. Take our risk test today at diabetes.org projectpower project power. You can avoid the risks of type two. Project Power will help. Growing up. One of my favorite things to do was watch sci-fi movies with my dad. To this day, we still trade sci-fi movies and have funny discussions about things we love about space and planets and stars and alien invasions. So I was pretty juiced when my buddy Simon Milliman was telling me that he was making a sci-fi-ish album as part of his 12 albums in 12 months. Guys, get ready for something really out there and really amazing. today's episode on Dr. D's social network is with my friend and incredible musician Simon Milliman as we discuss his next album and his 12 albums in 12 months project Erebus Simon I feel like I just talked to you dude <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, I have that effect on people where uh, you know, you're just like, w- "Weren't you just here?" Really?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all the texting we've been doing about like all these movies and stuff.
1: Right? That that could be part of it. That could be part. Of it. I've been uh yeah, it's been really funny. Um with any downtime that I've had, well my family's been away at at, at uh, visiting uh relatives in in multiple states. Any downtime I've had from either working on the music and and things surrounding the music and or taking care of the animals around here um, I have been really wasting a lot of time on some a couple of really good movies but then some just bad Horrible. bad movies <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> Oh, my gosh. You were like telling me
0: about, you're like Firewalker. And I was like, I'm going to go on Amazon Prime and just just go back and look. You influenced me, man. Did did, did you watch it? It's unfortunate what happened that I, you know. Honestly, it's unfortunate that I had to even give any time to it. You did that to me, though.
1: It was so bad. Such a bad movie. I didn't remember how bad it was. You know what was really funny, though? Like, I felt sad for it. You know, you you ever watch a movie and you feel sad for it because you can tell that I think the original screenplay wanted to be something. Yeah. Because there are like some characters that get a little more fleshed out than what you normally expect from something that terrible. (laughs) And uh, uh, what's his name? John Rice Davies is in it. Yeah. Most people know him as Sala from Indiana Jones. Yes. And you know, his character is so unexpected in there because he's probably the most fleshed out character in the whole thing. Definitely. And he he just pops out of nowhere, but within 5 minutes you feel like you really know this guy in a way that you don't know any of the other characters, heroes and villains. <laughs> and I'm just like in that in that little moment the of them interacting together, I was like I think the writer really meant for this to kind of be a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: the word meant for it
1: to be. Yeah. But it was so so bad. So bad Everything man. is so bad. All the action is so I I I'm putting action in air quotes because it's yeah, the action is not action. It's so boring. It's so boring. It's really boring.
0: bad. I mean, I'm flipping through and I see it and I go, Oh no. Simon told me about this. And I'm like, I really don't want to go in on this. And then I started watching it. My wife's in the background. She's like, What are you watching? And I was like, A really bad movie. Like, it's just, we're turning this off very soon. I like, I gotta watch something
1: else. If anything could have killed Chuck Norris, I think it could have been that movie. It's a it, You know, <laughs> the, the ode to Chuck Norris is that he survived. <laughs> Making Firewalker.
0: Yeah. Yeah. On, on to other great flicks like Delta Force. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, you know, when I clicked on Firewalker, I also saw that Lone Wolf McQuaid is on there. And I can't, re- I don't, I remember watching that movie as a kid, but I don't remember the movie. But I was so put off by Firewalker that I was like, I can't <laughs> do another Chuck Norris movie right now. I need, you know, give me a couple months, Amazon, keep it on there and we'll see if I can do it.
0: I'm sure, like, you know, they increased their watching by, like, 100% because of you and I. And they're like,
1: people are watching this? <laughs> who who watched this? watching Fire- Lou Gossett <laughs> Jr.? The, the, the people go. who made Firewalker are like, people are watching Firewalker? <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> What's next, Enemy Mind? I mean, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> like oh, oh, I actually kind of like that one. Oh,
1: <laughs> man. I you I, know, um... I also love, you know, Kung Fu movies. So I've I've watched a couple of those, one of which I actually really like. And it's uh, Dr. D and it has Andy Lau and the stunt choreography is Sammo Hung. And and so it's, there's some good stuff in it. There's also some monumentally bad CGI. Yeah. But anyway, what another movie that popped up on there was uh, something called Dr. K or Detective K, sorry. And um, I thought, well, let's see what this is. And apparently it's like a spoof, maybe, of, doc- of, of Detective B. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. The opening moments and shots were actually kind of interesting, and it gave me a little bit of hope for it. But then it quickly, within like a minute or two, turned into something that really felt like bad, bad television, you know, Uh, And it was just the kind of comedy where you're just like, oh my gosh, they think that's funny. Yes, exactly. (laughs) The director was looking at the dailies and thought, nailed it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is amazing.
1: (laughs) So I, I couldn't figure it out. I had to turn that one off. I couldn't, a lot of the times, even when I'm watching something really terrible and my wife will, uh, she's, she's just like, how are you still sitting through this? And I like, I, I put in the quarter, I invested, (laughs) and I'm going to see this through. And I can generally find something to enjoy, even in something that's really bad. Normally, it's like an older movie that's really bad, because I think there's a a difference between old bad and new bad. I'm not saying that's always a good difference, but there's a difference. Um, And I can enjoy old bad more than I can enjoy new bad
0: yeah i i feel the same way i it's good that you like uh kind of those kung fu or fighting movies i i love all the eat mans man those are amazing yeah to me. those crazy. are really good like the, the fight scenes are so nuts in those movies <laughs>
1: yeah and they're movies once again where it's like it's really funny like um i i really enjoy movies like that where a thousand punches are being thrown literally. You know, and it's like there's so much choreography and it really feels like how are people surviving this many punches for <laughs> exactly. one thing. I, you know, but the punches don't seem to be doing that much damage. So I'm always like the Ip Man character really uh confuses me because he'll throw like a you know, 150 punches at yeah. his opponent. That don't do any damage, and then he's just like, you know what? Just forget it. And he breaks their leg. He's <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> like, like, I'm done wasting
0: my knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're good. He's so relaxed too the whole time. It's great, man.
1: I really like that. I like those kind of characters. the The Andy Lau version of Detective D is a lot like that, where he's you can tell in the fight choreography that he's always kind of a step ahead you know and so he's keeping his composure the whole time yeah um uh, which makes moments when he's genuinely surprised and you know kind of panicked all the more powerful you know um so i appreciate movies like that i don't know if you've seen that one but it's it's really good it's on amazon as well and it's just a good story i really enjoy it good good chinese fantasy kung fu story with a lot of interesting elements and you just have to try and ignore some of the CGI that looks like a child created it. Yeah, you
0: know? yeah. You crack me up, Simon. Like you text me and I'm like, this guy loves movies, man. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I thought I was bad about watching all these movies. You're like worse than me, man.
1: <laughs> I do. I love movies. I you know, I I just I don't want to sound pretentious, but I just love the arts. You know, yeah. and, and and film, you know, to me is just one of the the, the best and the worst arts. You know, it, it, it really is like, I mean, what can go in a theater is just so amazingly bad. You know <laughs> what I mean? But th- there's so many things that are so amazingly good as well. And it's just, and I feel the same way when I go in a, to an art gallery or something, yeah. Where it's like, oh my goodness, there's so many things that are so amazingly impactful and beautiful. And then I'll go to an art gallery and think, how the heck did this get in here?
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> kind of, just, that's what I'm saying with like all these things. It's like, you're scrolling through, you're like, oh, this is a great older movie. Oh, Commando, this is awesome. And then like, crawl. I'm like, I remember that. The guy <laughs> threw like a blade and it was like a boomerang. I was like, <laughs> like yes. Beastmaster? Come on.
1: <laughs> like, oh, Beastmaster is one of the all-time worst. It's
0: I remember, one of the
1: w- worst movies, man. I remember when I was a kid and just seeing the uh the artwork of the of the the VHS box on the shelf at the local video store and always wanting to watch Beastmaster, never getting to watching it as an adult. Turning it off within 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> like, well, that's disappointing.
0: This oh, <laughs> is so bad. I tried to watch these things. I was like, I can't believe I was really into this. This is because as your adult mind is like, Are you serious? Is this yeah. really what's happening in this movie? <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. Oh man. And I I feel like that about so many. Movies where it's just like uh, a movie can make me angry. I don't know if you ever feel that way in a movie, yeah, but I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll get angry at the choices of the direct- so we were talking about the aliens. I was telling you that writing this this latest album, Erebus and, and recording it and everything kind of put me on the mindset of watching sci-fi. Yes. and so I was going through the alien movies, and that alien resurrection movie man, it made me angry. I was angry at this. I was just... So, if... Ugh, people probably aren't interested in this as, at, at all, but um, Joss Whedon, you know, this is made back in the 90s, and he was doing stuff like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> I remember. Nothing against Josh Joss Whedon, okay? He's got lots of fans, and there's people who who love Buffy, and they love uh, Firefly, right? Um and they love like the first big event Avengers movie, you know? And so he's obviously a writer with lots of talent. But talk about the wrong guy to write an aliens movie. Completely. And as I'm watching the movie, I'm just like, what were they thinking with this script? And you know. So bad. <laughs> and and with the casting, everything in that movie is like completely wrong for an alien movie. Yes, oh.
0: I was so like juiced to watch that when it first came out. I was like, because I was like, I'm all over the aliens franchise. This is like my thing, man, you know? Yeah. And I remember watching in the movie theaters and I left. I'm like, I'm not happy. I remember I was going with my dad. I was like, I'm really not happy about this. He was like, what? Because my dad loves anything. I'm like, it really was not well done. And he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> You know? I'm done with Ripley, man. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> oh Bishop, man, come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, uh, but you know, we we texted this, and I and I said, you know, uh, props to Sigourney Weaver because she is still watchable in she something is. this awful. You know, I mean, nobody else in that movie is even watchable, no. and there's some good actors in it.
0: There are, surprisingly. like You're like, wow, these are some big name guys who are amazing. Yeah. Garbage, man. Just
1: garbage. You know, it's kind of that uh, Star Wars prequel effect where you take Oscar winning actors and you make them, you turn them into terrible actors. (laughs) And you're just like, how do you you make Samuel L. Jackson and Ewan McGregor bad actors? Oh, you can do Uh. it. You can do it. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> you know, so Alien Resurrection did that to all these poor, you know, great actors, you know, award-winning actors who are turned into bad actors. Oh, it's uh, <laughs> it's really sad.
0: It is brutal, actually. And I I remember after that, I took a real big left turn from that franchise. I was like, I'm not sure what's happening here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need, and then, like, when you start getting into, like, you know, um, what was it, Prometheus and uh Covenant? Yeah. And I really I'll be honest with you, man, I was so pumped for Prometheus. Like 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 really like weirdly pumped, a little too much. And I <laughs> like was like, Oh, the engineers. It was <laughs> really super like excited, and I was like, and then I liked it, but like I wanted more of the engineer backstory. I wanted that to be like a bigger thing, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I understand that completely. I understand, you know, people going in and, and really, there there's something within us that we want the backstory to ever, to everything. Yes. Which is a really interesting dilemma of, you know, the, the original Alien movie was such a perfect, confined movie. Mm-hmm. And I never remember watching the Alien movie and sitting around wondering... Where did this thing come from? And, and you know, I mean, you you might wonder that, but you don't. You're not hung up on it. You know what I mean? Right. But somehow, throughout the years, we become hung up on things, and ultimately, I feel like this hang up with wanting to know the history of everything, the backstory of everything, really actually ruins it for us.
0: Hmm.
1: My children, I you know, they had never seen the prequels. The Star Wars prequels, yeah, and so I, I and I told them I said I, t- I said listen, the Star Wars prequels are meant to tell the story of how Darth Vader becomes Darth Vader, and when you say that out loud, who isn't excited about that, right? But I uh, but I told them I said now just wait before you get excited about it. I want you just to imagine that for ten seconds, whatever you've imagined in that 10 seconds is way better than the prequels. <laughs> Leave it to your imagination, you know? So in that way, I actually wasn't as disappointed, I think, as a lot of people when I watched Prometheus. Because I, I, I am not maybe as hung up on knowing the backstory to everything. And sometimes I just realized that... I, Not my imagination in particular, but anybody's imagination is so often better than whatever happens, you know, whatever they come up with to put on the screen. And and, (laughs) so so I was uh, so I actually really enjoyed Prometheus. I enjoyed and Covenant as well. I really enjoyed the movies, but maybe for a, a reason that other people aren't thinking. And that is, I think. I don't know maybe probably in the last ten years or so at least, I don't think we've had as good of a villain as the David Eight hmm. I think he's one of the best villains in cinema for at least the last ten years. Wow, really I really think that I mean that's just my personal opinion. I just love the David Eight character his his villain um I- I think, but, you know, I also, uh, you know, once again, going to sound pretentious, I just love somebody who's going to sit around quoting Milton, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I love, a, I love a villain who's going to misquote Shelley. You yeah.
0: know,
1: yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's just so that that, that villain for me. He ticks all the boxes that I love in a villain. He thinks he's right. Um, He thinks he's superior. He has um, real motivations. And those motivations are set up and developed really beautifully without having to dawdle, without having to do too much exposition, you know, you can just find out about his motivations as we go along. And he's truly sinister. Oh, man, is he sinister. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, I just thought, like, they they put out there all this mythology and lore about the engineers. And whenever you do that with me, I want to know what that, I want to know the intricacies of that mythology and lore. It's kind of like, yeah. oh, there's this planet. And we got there pretty quickly. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? You got there quick. Like, what star system? Where are we at here? I mean, like, you know, I don't know, man. Like, I just really like if you're gonna put the mythology out there, I'm I'm the type of nerd about that. I'm like, how did they live? Like, yeah. I want to know. I mean, so in like covenants, like when David drops the thing down on the. Uh, I mean, if you haven't watched it by now, people, I'm sorry I don't have to tell you, but <laughs> when he opens the ship and he drops the goo on them and stuff i'm like there's a whole civilization down there i'd like to learn more about that geez man Uh, eh, yeah just me man you put it out there i'm like okay there's a lot of these folks like what where'd they come from (laughs) i'm like i don't know i want to go down the rabbit hole really far i want it to be weird maybe that's just me. i don't know i've talked to several people who felt the same way but I could also see your point about it but I I don't know I felt it was just so much about the the android character. I was like I don't want this much development about this guy. I really don't. I want the bishop <laughs> character back.
1: The yeah. Guy who
0: does the sword thing, the the knife thing and the whole, thing. you know, I'm like Yeah. Well, Bill Paxton screaming. I want that. I want that yeah. back. <laughs> like, I didn't care about Bishop that much then. I was like, "Eh, it's, it's much.
1: Yeah, I you know. I can see your point. You know, there's, and so you know, I I think everybody comes into these movies at such a different angle, you know, and and with a different um, expectation. I, I when I was watching these movies this last time, in fact, I was when I was watching Covenant, I was specifically thinking about Star Wars, and how the same arguments that I that I've heard a lot of people like criticisms I've heard a lot of people levy against. Um, uh, uh, covenant. I've never heard him levy against Star Wars. Nobody cares about how they're breathing on different planets.
0: I know. I don't get that. No, no nobody cares.
1: <laughs> yeah, nobody cares. Nobody, nobody's interested in how there's gravity on these ships in space. Wow. And so, Star Wars is this different kind of sci-fi where you know, if a ship's get gets damaged, it. It's never, you know, your it's never the life support system. It's never the gravity controls. The only thing that gets damaged in a Star Wars ship is can we go faster. No, we can't go faster. We can't make the jump to hyperspace because our ship got damaged. Is there any other way to damage a ship in Star Wars? I don't think so. I, it's <laughs> the only always thing so it very um, I'm telling you
0: a movie you got to watch. Simon, I can't believe I haven't told you about this movie. It's very disturbing, honestly. <laughs> it's called Anayara. Have you heard of this?
1: Anayara. I don't think so.
0: It's on Hulu. It's very disturbing, man. It's basically okay, why I liked it because it was like it was like a very slow burn about what would happen if you had this basically huge gigantic ship that traveled back and forth between Earth and Mars, and what would happen if it got put off course with no rescue and the humans were basically floating in space for eternity and the downfall of people during oh. that time in space. It's like a, I think it's like a Swedish film. It has, you know, you got to do the subtitles and stuff, but it's so incredibly disturbing because it's like, this is what happens when people have no son and they have no hope of survival and they're floating oh, in space. It is very grisly and psychologically, Tormenting.
1: I'm telling you, man. You know, that's so. (laughs) You'll be into it. I'm telling you, man. Terrible segue alert, but that's exactly (laughs) the kind of film that I was composing Erebus for. Okay. I wanted, because I want, because, you
0: know, when you told me you were doing this album, I I got juiced. I was really juiced. I was like, oh, the sci fi album. I need this, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So how, how. how let down were you by the actual album itself no I haven't
0: heard it yet
1: because you haven't heard you haven't sent me the link man
0: I, I did send like, you the link what I don't Didn't have I? it I don't have your link oh I <laughs> sent.
1: i'm I'm going back into our text I swear I sent I don't it have the you.
0: link man I'm telling you I don't unless I delete it I don't delete stuff man I'm not a deleter like that i I don't have it
1: it's right here well you didn't you didn't send the message. <laughs> I did. It's right there. It's right here. It's 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 right right above that alien gif. No. I say it's done. I sent the alien gif with the chest burster.
0: That's right. I blew that. <laughs> I admit stuff. I admit it. Come on, man. I gotta go back on here. Now you're making me this is messed up, man. I like to listen to all this stuff before I uh talk to that's okay man it's okay that's I'll, okay I'll get, i you get know it together,
1: man. now i can give you all the all the spoilers about it Unbelievable. i can give you the context and then you can go back and listen to yeah, it yeah I gotta, so yeah i got that that link i sent you for anybody who's interested anybody listening to this there's there there are liner notes um you know they're short just just but just a brief you know explanation giving some context to Erebus, what what Erebus is. And, and Erebus in Greek mythology is the personification of darkness. Mm. It's the the, the 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 godly personification of darkness. Um, he is birthed from chaos, which is the first primordial thing from which all creation is derived. And I've just always felt that this is a beautiful uh, <sighs> metaphor for the creative process no matter what creative process you're involved in but i love the idea that uh everything comes from chaos wow you're getting dark here you know that
0: like (laughs) like, and i'm into it i'm very into it man
1: well in every creation story there's a similar pattern of events and with the names change you know things change but normally what you get is in the beginning there's a void and chaos by the way it, it translated from the greek actually means void um and and then you get darkness or they, they describe the darkness right yeah and then at some point somebody says let there be light and the and the light comes from the darkness and that's actually in the greek mythology exactly the uh you know there's other stuff that it goes on but you know from chaos we get erebus and from Erebus we get, uh, uh Hemer, Hem, Gosh, Hemerza. <laughs> I'm gonna blank I mean, on this the name. This is a serious project, man. I mean, <laughs> but it's day, and you get ether, which is the heavenly uh, air, and and so you you go from chaos, the void. You you get darkness, and then from the darkness you get light, and uh, so that, that that's most creation stories in a nutshell <laughs> you
0: know now was this like okay of all the projects we're up to now where does this rank in the projects
1: like numerically
0: yeah like as well you know is this your favorite least favorite so oh, far in the journey oh, of see. the uh, 12, um, albums, 12
1: months i'd say it's in the top four <laughs> Okay, so, thanks, Diamond. Thanks since, a lot, man. Since, <laughs> since it's the fourth one. I'm the top four. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I, I would have a hard time answering that question. I, I don't want to cop out of that question, but let me give you an explanation. The the first album is my least favorite. Let's just let's just say that. Okay. So now we put Erebus in the top three. Um the, the second album, which is the acoustic album. I I like it for what it is, you know, in the context, in the, in the, for what it is, I, you know, I, I don't want to sound braggadocious, but I think uh, for a singer songwriter, acoustic, whatever you want to call it, I think it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I think (laughs) think it's good too. (laughs) Um, Then the, the album that followed the weeping candles is a totally different thing. It's a, it's not a singer songwriter affair. It's a, It's a post-punk new wave affair. And um, I struggled to like that one, I'm going to admit. But Mm. the feedback that I've got from it has been so overwhelmingly positive. Nice. That it's been able to um, subdue my own feelings about Mm. it. And one of the things that that really helped me be able to go back and actually – and I did. I did this on a long walk, uh, not too long, a few weeks ago. And I, I just uh, <laughs> "weeping candles" has been out for a month, and I'm acting like, "Oh, it's been around for so long." Man, and I just why not? You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but a couple of weeks ago, I I, I put on a, a good pair of headphones and I took a walk and I listened to the entire album uh, all the way through, just just walking around the neighborhood, and I was able to just kind of accept it better you know it's the child that didn't grow up to be what I what I was expecting it to be but I able to let that go and embrace it for who it is and part of what helped me do that is getting feedback from a variety of different uh, people who uh, many of whom cited different tracks being their favorite and so when you get that and you're just like oh well, this person's like you know and all of a sudden you're like okay well maybe You know, maybe this has a wider appeal, a larger appeal. It's speaking to people in more ways than I had even anticipated it speaking to people. And one of the number one things was the last track on the album was called Helios and Selene. And um, somebody came back and told me that's their favorite track on the album. And it was my least favorite track, probably because I had the highest expectations for it. I really wanted it to be this grandiose, epic thing. And I wanted it to have this emotional impact and this beauty to it that at the end of the day, it, it, it could never live up to my own expectations for it. So. So it was just a huge disappointment. Uh, <laughs> I sound like my parents, if my parents were doing a podcast talking about me, this is. <laughs> They're like eh, yeah. eh. We thought he was going to be really special. Uh, (laughs) no but um you know so i uh so i really struggled to even listen to that song um or you know after i had finished mixing it mastering it i was like oh i'll never listen to this song again (laughs) but after somebody told me it was their favorite and going back and listening to it i was like all right maybe if i'm not the one who created it it's a good song.
0: Yeah, you know my favorite was the "Hello Normandy." That I told you that was like yeah. I was all I don't know what it is about stuff like that. It just like it really speaks to me. It's like when a song comes on and it's very like out there sounding and mysterious. I just I'm like oh this is gonna be my thing. This is totally gonna be my thing. Yeah, I actually don't like music that's very happy. I, I just.
1: I don't well, like you gotta love music. Erebus,
0: man. <laughs> yeah, I like I like very dark and very like moody music generally. So I'm pretty pumped about this, man.
1: So I, I I've shared this on social media, um, but you know, prior to today, today Erebus is officially released, so everybody can can hear it. But um, prior to today, I just had a few people. Most of whom had just worked on, uh, done some tracking on the album for me. I had a guy named Brian Dast. So, with each album, I've been expanding. I've been working with more people. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Brian Dast comes in, he plays baritone guitar uh, and he plays pedal steel guitar, both of which you would be, you know, difficult to realize that's what they are Mm. because, you know, he has masterfully, uh, Performed them, and then I have put them through some little extra things. Uh, Some extra things. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's kind of, you know, what I do in the mixing process. Uh, Somebody will send me stuff, and I say, hmm, here's something. (laughs) Some extra things. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Put some things through the ringer. Uh, So... Brian Das plays that and then I have uh, Danelle Dolum comes back and does some vocals and those are the only human voice that's the only human voice on the album There, you know I don't sing there's no lyrics there's no nothing like that mm-hmm. um, but she comes on and she does these beautiful ethereal uh, vocals which uh, really just add this extraterrestrial dimension to Ooh. the whole thing you know um, and then uh, Joshua Slamp who also played uh, some bass and guitar on, on the weeping candles comes back and plays more, more guitar and actually plays some upright bass, some double bass on, on this one, some beautiful bowed uh, double bass uh, on this one and, and, and adds some, once again, some real dimension uh, in that regard. And um, so anyway, uh, so I, 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 you know, the, these people were the first people I'm sending it out to. I'm like, what do you guys think? And, you know, Brian comes texts me back and he says, "Your album is highly unsettling." <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> well, explain that. I mean, that sounds like a great album to me, actually. I mean,
1: well, I think it's mostly because of the the diminished tonalities and and a lot of the atonalities that I decided to compose from. I. I I, there, there are moments in this that are like pure major chord, beautiful little sections, you know, but even those sections I oftentimes interrupt with something that's, that's atonal, you know, a little bit, you know, um, because I think Erebus to me, darkness, darkness to everybody, it, it's the mystery, right? That's what is unsettling about darkness is that you can't see what's out there. So for me when he said that to me I I just thought that's the best compliment you could give this music yeah. because that's exactly what it sh- the, the feeling that it should be encapsulating you shouldn't be listening to this music thinking oh I'm going to you know this isn't meditation music you know this isn't yeah. like you know, you know, repeat your affirmations to music. This is a different kind of music. This is, this is a kind of music where maybe you're, you're contemplating the mysteries of, uh, of our, of our universe. Well,
0: oh, I'm going to lose it when I w- listen to this, man. I'm going <laughs> to completely lose it. Everything. Like I just, I was like, I got to look, look at this, man. I'm just like, it's all like part one, two, and there's like no song titles. I'm like, this, this could be amazing. This could be incredibly amazing.
1: Yeah, there's only one title on the very last track. So Janelle Dolom, the vocalist, she she comes over to record it to to record her vocals on it. She hasn't been able to really sit with it yet and and what she has been able to listen to, she's just like I have no idea what to do on this, you know. It's not something that's normally in her wheelhouse to sing over these diminished and atonal things. That's a very specific thing that very few musicians, I think, I, I think that's very, very few musicians' wheelhouse is what I'm trying to say, is to, to be able to, to, to play atonal music. Um, and I don't think this whole album is totally atonal. I just think there's elements of it. But um, anyway, she comes in and she and we're talking it over and everything. And she says, well, you know, this sounds to me like a soundtrack for death. <laughs> for di- for dying, you know. Wow. And I thought, well, once again, that's perfect, you know, because yeah. there's no greater mystery than that, right? What what dreams may come in, yeah. in the in the afterlife. Um, so these descriptors, which could sound negative <laughs> in another piece of music, yeah, for me, were just so appropriate and I just thought, well, this is just actually fantastic. And, and I told her basically, you know, run with that. And I, I told her there's there's really no wrong notes in here because uh you know she's like man I just I'm not really sure how to do it and what to sing it. And you know I just told her hey just do it and then we'll listen back. And With that expectation, normally, when you're working with somebody on that level, you expect to do a bunch of takes. Mm, Yeah. Everything that she did, except for maybe one small part, was first take. Everything she did, she would do it, we'd listen back, and we'd just be like, that's perfect. You know, that's her talent. She's amazing like that. Um. But, you know, she had to step into that unknown and to that, you know, mystery of even like, what what can I even contribute to this?
0: <laughs> wow. This, I mean, see, you've built this up now, man. See, now, now I'm going to be listening to this thinking I'm going to be traveling to star, you know, system LV25 or whatever.
1: <laughs> I hope you do that. You know, my, my biggest recommendation for people listening to this album uh, either, you know, a good hi-fi or, or or your best set of headphones and listen to it in the dark. You can listen to it walking at night, looking up at the stars. But it, it's, it, I, I don't, everything I sa- say sounds pretentious, so I'm going to stop apologizing for sounding pretentious, but <laughs> I don't think it's an album to listen to passively. In fact, I think if you listen to it passively, you won't like it. Got it. But I think if you listen to it with intent and with atmosphere, that it it has a function that that I think people can enjoy.
0: I'm gonna destroy it
1: later. I promise (laughs) you. I'm like you're like. What what did you think? I'm like I didn't listen to it, dude. I was waiting for your feedback, but I just
0: I got caught up. Maybe I just were tell you know what it was. We were on like a furious texting. Uh, explosive Wait, text it's easy, got...
1: it's easy to miss a text it I just is.
0: missed it and I look back I'm like well there it is right with the chest exploder right next to it and <laughs> talking about the aliens and then you're bringing me back to resurrection I'm like oh that was not as good and I'm like I'm like, yeah. Erebus just <laughs> floated past <laughs> me um,
1: I I was hoping and and you, uh, you probably got the metaphor but I was when I sent you the chestburster gif to say it's done the album's done that was that was my that was my sci-fi horror version of like the turkey thing the little <laughs> thing that pops up on the turkey <laughs> it says it's done <laughs> there'll
0: be a texting storm coming soon believe me be like, cuz you know I'll tell you this was my favorite one this is I need this um, I'm going to need a couple of them a couple of the uh cuts for the podcast, because I like to play the music as different parts right. of the podcast. right. I'll,
1: I'll get them to you. I definitely have my favorite sections. I think other people will have their own favorite sections, but um, I, um, I, I play one guitar at the beginning, and you might not even recognize that it's a guitar... But the rest of the time I am using, I'm playing synthesizers and I'm, I'm doing orchestrations on my keyboard using, you know, orchestral samples and things like that. And then I'm putting those sounds through the ringer a lot of the time to, you know, make them sound different, you know, however I want. But then my main focus on here of the kind of the more, uh, pretty moments, uh, I, I might say where, uh, the, uh, this beautiful soft piano, um, Uh, well, it's up to the listener to judge whether I play it beautifully, but the tonality of the piano is, is exquisite. And I, I really, uh, those tend to be my favorite moments of, of this, uh, kind of ethereal piano and the other elements that are happening around it. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll I'll definitely, uh, email you some of that stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I didn't finish the thought here. Uh, The the only song that has, or the only part, because there's no songs, the only part of this music that has a title is the end track, and it's called uh, Infinitus Fini, which is Latin for uh, infinite end. And um, so when Danelle told me that the music sounded like a soundtrack for death and I was thinking about that and I was thinking about that concept and so I, I thought oh man maybe I should rename this whole thing Infinitus fini because that sounds even more pretentious than Erebus um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it seemed like it felt like that was a great way to end everything um, because as we we know from even from just a scientific standpoint, nothing really ends. We change, we evolve. Matter, though, continues to exist in one state or another. um, But at some point, lights, whether they be stars or whether we're talking about the light of a life or anything like that, at some point, all of that ends and yet remains eternal without end. So the ending is called Infinite end.
0: Man, you went you went to another place on this, and I had a crazy thought in my mind. Well, not crazy, but like, obviously I haven't heard it yet, and it's killing me because I got all this work today. I'm like, oh, I need to listen to this as soon as possible. Uh, but if you were to take this soundtrack, and speaking of movies, which we talk about a lot, what movie would you place this
1: soundtrack on? You know, that, that's a difficult one. I, uh, um, I've been watching the Alien movies, so I'm thinking of those, but those I don't think really fit. I I would probably, and I could never replace Hans Zimmer, but I would probably put it on something like Intergalactic or something like that. It would totally change the feel of that yeah. movie. And, and, and Hans Zimmer's score, I think, is spot on perfect. So I'm not saying <laughs> this is better, but that kind of movie, or maybe the old... Solaris movie. Do you remember that one? Yes, I do. But something that's not action based, um, you know, sci fi, something that's more thoughtful, mystery based.
0: You ever seen that movie with Hugh Jackman? Uh, I'll be surprised if you haven't, because I swear we've seen like every same movie that's ever been (laughs) invented. I think it was called Tree of Life with Hugh Jackman. Yes.
1: Yes, Back
0: what a great movie. Is I literally this sounds so weird, but I remember watching that movie and I'm listening to the soundtrack, this beautiful, hauntingly sweeping soundtrack for all these different weird environments of that movie. And I told my wife, and she's like, What? And I was like, I, I need that soundtrack now. Like I really need it. Like just <laughs> to listen to in the dark and look at the sky and the stars. And, uh I don't know that makes me think of what you're telling me about this album a little bit because that movie is kind of about death and life you know like it's
1: that's a good one infinity, man you know? that's a good one I really I I like that that's a great one um is that one called Tree of life
0: I, I don't know I just I just it,
1: it, I think I think Tree of life is a different way I think Tree of life it's another it's something it's so- in
0: that vein but Hugh Jackman I remember because Hugh, it was yeah. like all
1: these time
0: periods like the future the present and then like he was like a Spanish conquistador searching yeah. for like the tree of life type of yeah. thing and so I, it, it was probably something but I remember the the soundtrack was so amazing And I told my dad because he loves that stuff and he went and got it too. I'm like, what are we like? The only like 25 people that got the soundtrack for it? (laughs)
1: That's awesome. It's
0: so good. And just when you're telling me about this, I'm like, this feels like it would go with that movie, you know?
1: That actually, now I want to go back and rewatch that film because it's been been so long since I watched it, man. I mean, so, (laughs) so here's something funny for you, though. Um, so Danelle Dolom texted me last night and she said, my kids and I just turned on Erebus and they muted the sound to the Christopher Robin movie.
0: Oh yeah, I saw that.
1: So they muted the sound on that, I I guess at the beginning or something, I don't remember the movie very well, but I guess at the beginning there, the animals and everybody's all together and they turn on Erebus instead. (laughs) Wow, and she said it's the most creepy thing. And you're expecting the wow. stuffed animals to turn on Christopher Robin at any moment, and murder him. <laughs> the movie's called The Fountain, by the way. The, the Fountain. The that's fountain. it. That's it. Yes, it was. Tree of Life up. is a is another great one, though. That's yes, with, it is. Uh, it is. Uh, but yeah, th- those are two great movies. Anybody who hasn't seen either of those movies, uh, and and you like. Movies that really make you think and ponder. Uh, Yeah, yeah. The Fountain. That's right. It was
0: just haunting, man. I was like thinking, like, you know, what you think of Hugh Jackman, and then you're like, what is this? And I'm just watching it, and I was like, this is super heavy, man. Like really heavy in a strange, alternate universe type of way.
1: Yeah, it's a far cry from uh, you know uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. (laughs)
0: yeah that's you know it's just like and, but I, I don't know a lot of people who watch the Fountain, like I don't know that I think it kind of came and went for a lot of people, whereas for me, I was like eagerly anticipating it because I it's, think I'm very into that type of stuff, you know,
1: yeah, it's like an art house movie with a budget,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: you know and 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 the same thing with the the Tree of Life movie, yes. you know they're they're both like these. Art house movies that with with big budgets that are able to help it, you know, surpass, you know, the art house indie movie conundrum of not being able to fulfill the vision of the director. And these movies yeah. actually had the budget apparently to make amazing, incredible visual experience along with these just extremely cerebral thought-provoking stories you know just really good stuff yeah uh, that that's the kind of stuff that i would hope erebus evokes oh man whether whether or not you know like i said you know i never expect people to like anything i do that's the that's the (laughs) great thing about having low expectations for yourself is that (laughs) You always saying this. You're, like, you're always su- You're always surprised when people actually like it. But um but I I'm I'm excited to see what people might might do with this music. I'm excited to follow up with people and and uh you know just see how or if, you know, the music affects them in in some way. Um the responses I've gotten so far, it, it's definitely affecting people, whether they like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, this is weird, man. This is like it's death everywhere. <laughs> but, you know, don't, don't, I don't want people to get too hung up on thinking that these are like negatives, though. Because I am definitely not going into this from a dark, you know, perspective. You know, I, I'm definitely coming from a perspective of there's there's beauty in the mystery
0: yes yes
1: and i, and I hope that yeah. comes through in the music as well i i, I tried to keep those elements there I, you know there's there's there are elements in this soundtrack that i was hoping people would be able to just imagine you know something sinister definitely mm-hmm. because part of mystery is feeling maybe something sinister could be out there but then having these glimpses throughout that says, I don't know, maybe it's nice. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know? Sounds like the movie Legend to me, a little bit. it. Legend. Um, Tom, oh, yeah. Tom the Cruise. old movie yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I was thinking I am Legend. <laughs> oh, no, no, no.
0: I was actually scrolling on Amazon Prime again because I'm going to say you made me do this, uh, Simon. But the whole Firewalker thing, it set off a gigantic explosion of like, let's see what else is on here. And I'm like, legend. I was like, oh my gosh, with like the big devil character and the pixies and all this. And I was like, what a freaky mind bending (laughs) movie. Tom Cruise, weird movie like in like 1986. It's it's really strange, man.
1: It is a strange movie. And it's a a movie that we don't I mean, I'm not saying this is not false nostalgia because I don't think we ever had a lot of those kind of movies, Mm -hmm. but we don't see a lot of them. You know, the only people who, you know, I can think of that are really making that kind of a movie would be like a Guillermo del Toro, you know, something like that. But I think it's definitely a genre that is so, it has so much that could be mined from it with the right... With the right script writers and the right directors, the right storytellers is what I'm really trying to say. There's so much that can be mined from the sci fi fantasy genres, uh, oftentimes putting them together. And usually the disappointment we feel coming out of those types of movies stems from the stories just weren't interesting. Yeah. You know, and it's like it feels like a waste of the genre. Mm. I didn't even go bother to see the last star Wars movie. Yeah. You know, I I don't think I ever will watch it, you know, because what they had been doing and I'm not trying to insult anybody. I'm just saying what they had been doing. The previous two movies were so uninteresting to me that I just (laughs) gave up. I gave up that anything interesting was going to be done or said in this franchise. (laughs) You know, which is disappointing because it it is so rich with yes. things that you can, you know, was it feels like a thousand wonderful stories could be told in that universe. You didn't miss
0: much, by the way. Just so you know, that's just my opinion. Honestly, I did not like the prequels, and I wasn't that crazy about everything after. Moving forward, so I was like, eh. I remember watching the last one, and I was, I looked at my wife, I was like, I could have skipped that completely. <laughs> I'm telling you, I could have.
1: <laughs> like, That's what it felt. It felt like that, eh. and which is such an injustice to so much talent that was involved. Yeah,
0: it's you know. Just, they're, uh, they're, they're, uh.
1: And it just felt like this entire thing should have been skipped. Uh, I'm glad that the (laughs) actors, I'm glad that the people working on the movies, that that they weren't skipped just for their sake. Yeah. Because we got a lot of great actors, you know, involved. We got a lot of amazing filmmakers in all aspects of the industry involved in these movies. And I'm glad that all those people are working and have had great success. But the stories is what I'm really saying. Yeah. Those stories are just big nothings. <laughs> just big nothings. <laughs> they they start nowhere and they end nowhere. We know how Simon
0: feels literally about this. It's, there's no <laughs> meant... You know, what we have learned is that... And um, you don't even need to listen to us. Don't watch Firewalker. Seriously, don't watch it. <laughs> Erebus <laughs> is about death pretty much and uh don't go watch the
1: new star wars uh, that's it
0: i mean that, pretty much, I
1: now now we can tell everybody to just skip to the end of this interview and just, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you didn't have to listen to any to that other stuff you don't have to hear all this mo- <laughs> bemoaning of what we're doing about weird movies that were poorly yeah. done <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> simon it's always a pleasure speaking with you and uh it's going to be happening again before we know it. We'll be speaking, so
1: oh, I, I know, and 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 we'll have lots of texts in between, so yes. it'll feel like we've just had a long yeah. conversation. And and everybody uh, who's listening will be like, these guys are back again, they're the, and they're probably going the to bad. talk about more bad movies.
0: Yeah, come on, <laughs> for somebody out there, they're like, this is amazing. There's all these yeah. terrible movies, and these guys are keeping yeah. me from bad movies or making you watch weird movies. I don't know. <laughs>
1: You know, it's all part of that creative process. And, you know, I think part of watching bad movies or, or looking at bad art is, is, a, is really actually instructional.
0: Yeah.
1: It's a way of saying, don't do that. So <laughs> it's important to watch. It's important to look at. It's important to support bad things. Mediocrity is important to support. <laughs> it really is. Because that way, when you when you're done looking at and and listening to the mediocrity, then you can recognize greatness when it's presented to you.
0: Recognize you should not watch any Jean Claude Van Damme movies that are currently in rotation, <laughs> and just watch Bloodsport, and you'll be That's fine. That's the only one worth watching. Yeah, I mean, Kickboxer. <laughs> eh. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know.
1: It's it's good advice. You you have you have you have ended this interview on sage wisdom. <laughs> That's what I aim for in life.
0: Is to keep you from watching horrendously bad movies. <laughs> Simon, thank you man. We'll be in touch again.
1: Thank you. Have a good one.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you
1: listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the rate and review section. Thanks, everyone. Those big wireless companies try to lure you in with a new phone just to lock you into a contract. Not Simple Mobile you have a great smartphone you love, you can get a powerful nationwide 5G network without the contract. Just text the word BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone's compatible. Simple mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. Message and data rates may apply. Visit simplemobile.com slash privacy policy for privacy policy and the terms and conditions at simplemobile.com slash terms and conditions. Compatible 5G capable device and SIM required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. 5G upload speeds not yet available. How about we heat things up tonight? Mm, How so? Get a little fresh, add some steam, sizzle and spice. (laughs) Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? Fire things up at Outback Steakhouse. For a limited time, try our Bloomin' Fried Shrimp. Or get fresh with our new strawberry salad. Go big with our bone-in ribeye. Or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie. Then cool off with a cucumber crush or peanut koala. Try them all before they're gone. Let's Outback.